I'm Christine Bentley with Kate Wheeler, and you are listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region, brought to you by Roar Publishing, from concept to content. Kate, you're back from Antigua. How was the trip? My trip was warm, Christine. Very, very warm. I'm so glad we picked that week to go away. We had a wonderful time at the St. James uh, Club, which was wonderful, and our good friend Mitzi Benjamin, now Alan from... Hammer Films showed us around all the sites, all the wonderful places to eat. Lovely island. Just beautiful, beautiful. Dying to go back. Everyone is gritting their teeth with jealousy, but we <laughs> we hope everyone is having a good start to the new year nonetheless. We are kicking off today's show talking to Canadian actress, choreographer, and personal trainer, MJ Shaw, who is launching her fitness-based cardio dance program called Fit Pop, which is set to classic pop hits and the newest top 40 favorites. And it sounds like fun. <laughs> A new book is chronicling the journey of two-time Olympic equestrian athlete Jessica Phoenix. Rise, the Jessica Phoenix story, opens roughly two months prior to the 2015 Pan Am Games in Toronto, when Phoenix suffered a litany of serious injuries after being thrown from her horse during a competition in New Jersey. And get this, the book is written by her sister, Julie Fitzgerald. She'll be here to talk about all her inspirations. And we are going to have movie and TV reviews with our film critic, Anne Brody. And, of course, go to the blog because she never has enough time to finish Mm. it all. Lifestyle expert Lena Almeida is going to tell us why our next vacation should absolutely be to Disney Alani, and we'll also be joined by HR professional Nicole Gallus. She's the driving force behind foodgrads.com, a website that is helping close the gap between recent graduates and the food and beverage industry. And singing is out in our live studio sessions, Toronto and Montreal-based singer-songwriter Avery Florence with her acoustic guitar. And don't forget to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk. And if you want to hear who's on and win great prizes, check out our weekly Facebook Live Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m. on the dot or few seconds late. (laughs) Ten-ish. Ten-ish. Now we're going to take a quick break. Stay with us. This is What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Do you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? To a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy-to-use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30-day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. This is 105.9 The Region. Welcome back, everyone. Getting healthy has never been this entertaining. Joining us now is Canadian actress, choreographer, and personal trainer MJ Shaw, who is launching her signature fitness-based cardio dance program, Fit Pop. Welcome, MJ. Thank you. Tell us what Fit Pop is all about. Where'd you come up with that name? Well, it's it's fitness to yeah. pop music, so Fit Pop felt like a great fit. And it's a brand new dance fitness program designed to bring out the inner dancer in everyone. So if you're somebody who's always loved to dance and maybe you've lost it a little bit over the last few years, if you're someone who's always dreamed of being a dancer, then this is sort of your ideal environment to come into a class. You're going to learn lots of steps, get a fantastic workout and be in a non-intimidating environment. So it's it's the fun workout. Now, there are people who are fitter than others, and there are people who are better dancers than others. Um, Is this something where if I go to this class, I'm going to be embarrassed? I sure hope not. Uh, The whole point is that it's designed so that anybody can come to the class. So there's a few things that make it easier. So first of all, we do a ton of repetitions. So there's a, a... 
a static dance. So say it's to Justin Bieber's Sorry. So we begin the dance and the the chorus will have a specific chorus choreography mm-hmm. and the bridges have bridge choreography and so it repeats throughout the dance. So the beginning when you're watching and learning, of course you're going to be a, a little bit more confused and then by the end, it's actually amazing. You see people really get the choreography and of course then when you repeat and you keep coming to class, then you become a pro. Uh, the other thing that's really helpful is that all the choreography is online. So you just sign up for the YouTube page and you get the playlist before the class starts. And so you can watch the choreography before you even come to class. And if you really want to, you know, if you're the type A person that wants to be perfect in class, then you can nail the choreography in your living room and then come to class and dance it. So what made you decide that this that you wanted to do this? Well, I've been teaching fitness for over 20 years and I've been teaching dance for over 20 years and I've designed other dance fitness programs for other companies and I've been teaching dance fitness now for probably about 15 years. So it just felt like time to bring all of my skill sets together and I'm also a professional dancer and choreographer. So it just, I'd been teaching a form of dance fitness and sort of perfecting it for years and I thought, everybody loves this class. Like everybody that comes to this says this is the best dance fitness class they've ever taken. Maybe I should do something about it. Well, there's something really healing about dance. What, how does it help shape us sort of mentally and physically? I I feel like dance is a really easy source of joy for everyone. If you, it's pretty primal, isn't it? It's very primal. That's really a perfect way of putting it. You know, you watch little babies and toddlers you put on music and they just naturally start to dance with no inhibitions and no judgment and then somewhere along the way we put a lot of judgment on how good a dancer you are and people I think become embarrassed and they stop doing it you know dance floors at weddings people need bottles of wine in order to get up and and shake it yeah and what I'm trying to access is the real inner dancer in everyone and you're right you you may not be awesome at the beginning uh, but it is certainly a skill set and something you can learn but you're not there to entertain anyone else you're there really to do something for yourself absolutely absolutely and there's such innate joy that comes from moving your body to music uh you know people show up I, I, I have a ton of professionals I have a wide range of of students anywhere from 15 to about 75 and you know evening classes people arrive they've got their lives they're stressed out there's the weight on their shoulders and at the end of dance class everybody feels so much better so even though it is a fitness class and certainly weight loss and caloric burner part of the the benefits oh you you got me there stop <laughs> caloric burner how many calories are we burning here well when MJ? people when people have their fitbits on yeah uh they burn oh, oh we have somebody in the room with a fitbit okay great who yeah. is addicted to the fitbit okay so you so we want to know how many it depends of course on your you know what your metabolism is and how much you burn yeah. but between 500 and 800 calories a no class. we need to know steps Oh, step! Oh, tons oh, of steps. I know tons, thousands. Yes, how many? thousands. You know what? I actually have no idea, but you're stepping the whole time. So nobody's ever told me MJ, steps. MJ, you don't know how I many think steps you have... in your dance class? I have no idea. I'm going to say a million. One million <laughs> steps. You're wrong. Couldn't be a million steps. I think you need to come to class. I and think you need I to probably give me the step do. Count. But tell me what I would do in a class. Take me through what yeah. I would do in a class. So you would. Come and in. I'm going to figure out my own set of steps. Okay. Okay. Uh, yes, I, I want I'm you gonna to figure out. I'm going to uh, do the add up here. Yeah. So at the top of class, you come in, you find your space in class, you make friends with all the other people that are there. Everybody's really excited. I say hello. I introduce. We press play. We start off with a warm up. And they're going to tell me how great my tutu is. That's right? correct. Okay. Assuming right. that you wear your tutu. Oh, absolutely. You, you may be solo in that, but I encourage it. And then we'll do a big warm up, uh, you know, basic steps, lots of uh, what we call isolations, just warming up. Is it up guys and. Is it I mixed? will say it's 99% women. I have had men take the class, and I do also teach variations of this at the university, at U of T. I also teach are at they, U of T. Are they embarrassed, the guys? No. And and you know what? <laughs> men are generally more confident than women. And, oh, okay. Uh, All right. Okay. I would say in terms of, like, it's okay. women get embarrassed more okay. easily. Well, if there's a guy there, I won't wear my tutu. Yeah, well, okay. maybe I'll just offer him okay, up so a tutu. Okay, we'll, so we'll say hi to everybody and blah, 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 and then what? And then, so we start off one warm-up song, just get you moving, get all of your body parts warm, and then we head in and we have about eight to ten set dances, which you will know in advance because you'll look at the playlist, maybe, or maybe you won't. Yeah. And so there's a, you know, we'll have some Beyonce, we'll have some Madonna, we'll have some 
some Bieber, we'll have some everything from 70s to current day hits, and we'll go through the dance. So you press play, and we're I'm just dancing, and you're following, and I'm dancing, and you're following. Boom, next track. We move on. So you're learning the whole time. You're moving the whole time, and your heart rate is up. You're having a laugh, and you can't think about your grocery list or your life or your problems because you're thinking about your feet. And not tripping. And not tripping. And not tripping. So how often do you offer these? Uh, I offer them four times a week, and then we're also licensing other instructors to teach it so that we That'd can... That'd be great. Yes. And so, where is it? Uh, right now, I, I teach mostly at the corner of Dovercourt and Bloor. So I'm at Dovercourt House, Luanda House, a place called Yakow's Lounge. There's yeah. a whole bunch of places. And then we're starting an intro to Fit Pop class in the annex. But you also have classes that can be accessed online. Absolutely. Yes. So you can watch all the choreography online. You can, if you really somebody that, you know, you're like, I prefer dancing solo in my living room. And then there are a bunch of the choreography is up there and you can certainly do that. It sounds like great. And I I, I can't believe that you have time for all this because I mean... You're also currently playing the role of Melanie Truscott on the original medical series, Hard Rock Medical? Yes. How's Although, that going? It's great, but shooting doesn't take that much time. This is the thing. A life of an actor, generally, you have a lot of time off. <laughs> like you, I'm, a, I'm a worker bee, so I'm somebody that likes to get up at 5.30 in the morning and have a full day's work. Um, so if you're not shooting, you're perhaps auditioning, but your days are often, often open. So have you announced to the world yet how busy you're going to be? Yes, I have announced to the world that I am pregnant and pregnant and still dancing. Pregnant and still dancing and still playing Melanie Truscott. So what's next for you? You're just going to pop out the baby and then what? (laughs) I'm going to pop out the baby and believe it or not, I'm going to take 10 weeks off. That's the goal. That's twice as long as I took off. Well, okay, this is very encouraging. I took four off. Okay. And I had twins. You're amazing. No, I worked nights. And you're also my inspiration. I worked nights. Okay. They were asleep. Okay. When I went to work. So it wasn't that amazing. So I need to find a night job. I needed to speak to an adult. I needed to speak to an adult. Right. Which is why it was not me being a victim I needed to speak to another adult. I deeply understand that. No, you don't. But you will. But you will. You will. This is her first child. She has no idea. So we're dancing. We're acting. We're doing lots of choreography as well. So. Yes. So what, you'll be at the class breastfeeding the baby and jumping up and down? I, well, what I'm hoping to do is, is pass the baby off to my husband, who will be on pat leave. So he has, Great. you know, he's got... Any uh, other projects? Uh, well, I'm going to be doing a lot more taping of new choreography for this. So I was going to wait, but I'm, I was sort of last month, I was at the buffet or baby stage. Like, had I just gone to the buffet too much or was I pregnant? And so now that I'm starting to get a little bigger, I would like to do a whole shoot while I'm eight or nine months pregnant. Yeah. Just for, to... For, yeah, for... To prove moms, that you can dance. Moms at home who can go online and dance. Yeah. So. Because they can't drink. They may as well <laughs> dance, right? Exactly. I mean, I, they can drink a lot of water. A lot of water. Right. Cheers. A lot of water. <laughs> Cheers. Uh, this has been so much fun. Uh, where can people find you? Fitpopdance.com. So that's the website. And then you can link into the YouTube page, which has a whole bunch of choreography. And then, of course, you can register for classes. How much fun are you? Well, I'm pretty fun. Yeah. I, uh, <laughs> and classes are even more fun. Yeah, so I really encourage you to come. Fit Pop. You can't forget that. No. Fit Pop. I'm glad you like Just the name. Just find it. Fit Pop. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming in. Thanks so much for having me. You're delightful. Uh, This was so much fun. This is what she said on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. For the vast majority of people, there's something about how they look that they are less than happy with. For me, it was my smile. I took a tumble down the stairs when I was a child, losing both of my front teeth, resulting in a very lopsided smile. Fast forward 20 plus years. With my wedding fast approaching, I decided to check out the possibility of having this fixed. Dr. Cohen, the team at Maple Ridge Dentistry, gave me a smile that has not disappeared since I had the work done. After years of simply grinning, my wedding picture shows me smiling broadly. Maple Ridge Dentistry is affordable, fast, and makes the process easy. If your smile does not represent you in the best light, call Dr. Coe at 905-832-9008. Let the team at Maple Ridge Dentistry give you a smile you love. Go online at mapleridgedentistry.ca and change how the world sees you. Tell them Michael sent you. 
Want to know more about the music and the musicians you love? Today we're talking about five bands that have been at it for a very long time. The entire album was recorded over three weekend sessions for a cost of $6,000. Whenever I do an impression of Bob Dylan, that's the only line that I do. Tangle up in blue. That's, that's it. And you that's, do it. That's very all I do. Well. I do can't it again. do it again. Tangled up in blue. <laughs> what that Eric Alper knows will spin your head Sundays on What She Said Talk. York Region. York Region. Radio from your point of view. 105.9 The Region. Back to what she said. First a song and now a book. The heroic story of two-time Olympiad equestrian athlete Jessica Phoenix is now being told through the eyes of her sister. And joining us in studio is the author of Rise, the Jessica Phoenix story, Julie Fitzgerald. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. So for people who may not know the story, um, can you tell us what happened to Jessica? And, and that's what inspired the whole Rise movement. Yes. Well, actually, Jessica and I had talked about doing this book for many, many years, but it was um, after the Rio Olympics that we decided we wanted to tell her story and we wanted to do so and focus on the last 10 years of obstacles that she's faced and overcome to get to where she is today. Um, And the biggest one of those obstacles we felt was her near fatal accident in New Jersey. Um, She was at a show and her and her horse flipped over a jump and she was basically crushed underneath the horse. Um, And she ended up overcoming many, many injuries from that within a very short time period. And she went to the Pan Am Games in Toronto and won a silver medal. So it was pretty inspiring. Well, I mean, those injuries, as you said, she was pretty much crushed. Three broken ribs, a broken clavicle, a broken sacrum, damage to her liver. Yes. Um, And yet, just to get back on the horse is yes. is one thing, but to actually succeed like that is 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 amazing. It, yeah, it really astounded uh, doctors in particular who said it wasn't possible. Um, it astounded her family, her friends. I mean, none of us actually thought she would be recovered in time to compete at the Pan Ams. And frankly, I don't know that myself or my mom or dad even wanted her to at that point because she had overcome so much and she had a three-month-old baby at the time. So she had a lot on her plate. Um, But, you know, God's hand came down and really uh, orchestrated how all of that played out and it was a miracle. There was no explaining it. You mentioned this was perhaps the most dramatic event, but I know that she also had to fight to compete. Yes. Yes, that is a... a chapter in the book um, that was for Rio. So she had spent so much time uh, competing and getting her horses really ready and qualified. Uh, they go through a rigorous uh, eventing competition schedule to qualify. And she had done that and qualified four horses, was very certain she'd be on the team. And unfortunately, that wasn't the case originally. And then she had a tough decision to make, which was, does she appeal the decision um, And at the risk of looking like she had sour grapes, or Mm. uh, does she just, you know, take it and just move on? And she ended up deciding to appeal because she felt that the truth had not been told and a disservice had been done to her. So she she told the truth. She went to an arbitration hearing and it just all played out on the courtroom floor. And she was appointed to the team. You talked about writing the book, you say. What was the trigger that made you say, okay, I'm now sitting down? Uh, It's a great question. So we just, we talked about it for years and years. Um, Being her sister and her best friend, I've been privy to so much of the backstory of everything that she's gone through. But I think it was after the Rio Olympics. She had now been to two Olympic Games. She'd won Pan Am medals in every color. Uh, She'd had a near-fatal injury. She had been to court to win her rightful spot on the Olympic team. We're like, you know what? Now's the time. This is is enough material for our first book, at least. (laughs) Well, how long, I mean, witnessing everything firsthand, being there, and as you mentioned before, your family wasn't sure they even wanted her to go ahead and compete. Um, 
how long did it take you to write the book when you started to go through it? You must have been formulating things in your mind as yes. you went. Yes, I had a notepad beside my mm. bed because, of course, as soon as you go to sleep, you you think, oh, wait, I need to write that down. Um, but it was actually a very quick process. Uh, I started interviewing in January of 2017, and we had the final draft August 31st. That is a fast process. Mm-hmm. So we, I really worked my butt off on that, and we interviewed a lot of people. Well, I interviewed a lot of people, and um, we went through quite a few drafts, and and it all came together fairly quickly. Now, how involved was she in that? Did she read it as you went along, or <laughs> or did she read it when it was done? Uh, she read it when it was done. So I chose, she let me just run with it. I came up with a chapter outline. Um, she was happy with that, and then I just went with it, and I picked the people who I wanted to interview and really get their perspective of what sets her apart and what makes her unique and inspiring. And we just went from there. So once I had that first draft done and I felt like, okay, this is the real shape of the book, I let her read it at that point. But you say this is a blueprint. It's not just her story. Mm -hmm. Her story highlights what you call really a blueprint that all of us can use. Yes. So Jessica is unique in that she's very inspiring and encouraging to those people who are around her. So she teaches many, many clinics every year. She talks at schools. Um, She really puts herself out there and tries to explain to people um, about what it's like to live your passion. And I think that is what's so inspiring is that when you find what you love to do, it doesn't feel like work. Like you are happy to do that every day from when you wake up in the morning till you go to bed at night. And it's not going to be easy. You're going to face many, many obstacles on the path. But um, overcoming those obstacles and having faith in yourself um, and having faith in your dream is really what it's all about. So I hope it does inspire and encourage others to do that. you're her sister, and you said you're her best, your best friends yes. as well. Was there anything that you learned about your sister while writing the book that you didn't know before? Yes. Uh, so Jessica's a very private person. She's not very emotional, all of those things I know. But I had always assumed that everything that she's been through, she must, have, she must look back and think about it and contemplate it at different times in her life. And I discovered that when she read the book, that's the first time she's ever stopped and taken stock of everything she's overcome and everything she's faced. So as a rider, they're always looking forward and riding forward, and that's how she lives her life. She does not look back and go over things in her mind. She works through them, conquers them, and moves on. So it was interesting to know that the book was the first time she'd ever looked back and taken stock of everything she's done. It's really quite amazing. Um, do you think most people look back and look at what their legacy might be, good or bad? Well, I know I am an overthinker. I go over everything in my mind, like Jessica and I are opposites. And so I think most people think about things and go over them. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. In terms of, well, I mean, I think I go over things and think, did I do the right thing? Did I not do the right yes. thing? But then once I've sort of hashed it out a little bit, then I forget about it. I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't look back on my whole life and go, this is what it looks like. So, Yes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's in situations. Once you have it sorted out in your mind, you move on. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. So what do you hope people learn from her story? I hope they learn that um, life is not easy, but you can overcome obstacles when they come at you. So... Things may not come to you handed on a silver plate, but that doesn't mean it's not worth the fight to go for it if that's your dream and if that's what you feel like you are met, you're meant to do. Mm, absolutely. So how do people get the book? Where can they get the book? So the book is on Kindle. It's on Kobo. We have it at select retailers, including Blue Heron Books in Uxbridge, Red Scarf Equestrian in Newmarket, uh, Select Chapters Indigo, and it's also online at roar-group.com. Right, it's a Roar Publishing. It's a, yeah, it's a Roar Publishing. We, we should know that. That's right. Um, do you have plans to do 
Any more writing now that this has started? Yes. So our next uh, plan is to do a children's series, and each book will be based on one of Jessica's horses. Oh. So they all have their own unique quirks and quirks and personalities. So mm-hmm. each book will detail one of her horses. Oh, that's so, that's so great. Yeah. How many horses does she have? She has many, but we're, I think we're going to narrow it down to about six. Well, I'm going to put a reserve bid on that because I, I don't think there's a child alive who doesn't fall in love with horses at some stage in their life. Yeah. I agree. Because they're wondrous animals. They absolutely are. Uh, but, but it takes skill to ride them. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, Julie Fitzgerald, thank you very much for joining us today here at What She Said Talk. Thank you so much for having me. This is what she said on 105.9 The Region, and we'll be right back. Do you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? To a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy to use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30 day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com TC or call 416-340-7270. Winter isn't done with us yet, and driving will continue to be challenging. Drive into Mazda of Richmond Hill and get in on the January iActive all-weather drive event. Get a credit towards new winter tires or upgrade your ride with a credit towards accessories on all models of Mazda. Come into 10414 Young Street in Richmond Hill and take predictive control in this uncertain weather. The iActive all-weather drive event is now on at Mazda in Richmond Hill. Go online to MazdaofRichmondHill.com or drop by at 10414 Young Street in Richmond Hill. The Spark of Markham, CFMS 105.9, The Region. Saturday night at the movies, who cares what picture you see? And joining us now for Saturday night at the movies is our favorite film critic, Anne Brody. And hey, we loved your list of favorite films from 2017. That's up on our blog now. But what are we going to be checking out this week? This week we have Michael Haneke's Happy End which uh, is kind of startling. It's about a little girl who poisons her mother. I don't like to hear these stories. No, 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 I think you're safe. She's literally seven or eight years old. Okay. And she does it over time and she posts it. Posts it? (laughs) Yes. So Michael Haneke, this Austrian auteur director, decided he's probably 80 he decided it was time to um, investigate social media and the problems surrounding it. So he learned about Snapchat and had her do it on Snapchat. But it's also, in addition to this storyline, this is a continuation of three films of his, all big winners, um, about the same family, the Laurents. Everyone is named either George or Anne or Eva in all these films, and yet he denies their sequel. He denied to me that it was a sequel. So I... I don't, I don't understand that. But okay. it is so compelling because you know these people. You know what you're, they're thinking. You know that the grandfather murdered his wife in a moor. It's just, it's a real brain tease. And you feel like you're looking behind a curtain of people you know. So it's well worth seeing. Happy end. Whew. Okay. Uh, everyone's talking about how good Paddington 2 is. I love Paddington <sighs> Are you going to go? I, I, if I can find, can I borrow your grandchild? <laughs> I think I took your mom to see Paddington 1. Mm-hmm. And it is such a delight. And you saw it too. Mm-hmm. Honestly, how can they make a little animated film about a teddy bear who loves marmalade and spreads joy <laughs> <laughs> into such an adult-friendly, child-friendly, everybody-friendly, and consistently great picture? 
To me, it's amazing. It's got Hugh Grant as a bad guy, and he's up the typical thing, on a train, chasing, chasing, being chased and stuff. Um, And Hugh Bonneville, who was Lord, what's his name, in Downton Abbey. Downton Abbey. Mm -hmm. Um, He's back. He's Paddington's adoptive daddy. And uh, this time, Paddington's adopted grandmother, who's 100 years old, he wants to get her a special pop-up book of London, an old, old, old picture uh, book. And so he needs to get a job. So he goes out and gets a job. But big trouble ensues. Oh, dear. Not horrible trouble. Not scary trouble. But fun trouble. (laughs) (laughs) We also have a thriller set on a train with Liam Neeson. The commuter. Who yeah. doesn't well, love Liam Neeson? Planes, trains, he might have to do automobiles, although I'm sure he's done automobiles. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he does. <laughs> yes, <right. laughs> subways. I don't think he's done subways. <laughs> Ooh, that's just scary thinking about the TTC and Liam Neeson. Can you imagine if you saw him walking on the train? You're like, <gasps> <laughs> Who's in trouble? Yeah, so anyway, he, uh, he, a mystery person gets on the train, tells him he has to find a mystery person before the train reaches its stop. And, of course, mayhem, as you know. Mm. Guns, action, twirls, the works. And, but with Liam Neeson, there's something about him. There's such gravity about him. You believe it's going to happen, or it happened, or it's, it did happen. So... God bless Liam. Yeah. He really cares. And how old is he now? I don't know. He's he's well no into his 60s, and he's still at it. But he looks pretty ageless. He looks he's ageless. He's one of those people. You yeah, know. the mm. granite face. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sort of like Sean Connery that never, for, for 20 years, looked the same. Yeah, isn't that strange? Yeah. What, how, Good genes. Yeah. yeah. How is Ryan Murphy's new series? Uh, upsetting, to say the least. I found it... Uh, frightening um the american crime story assassination of gianni versace Mm -hmm. so uh, we follow andrew kananen and gianni versace he's in the states he's in italy their careers their influences build up we see all this in flashback and flash forward and so kananen's been across the states he's murdered five people including do you remember marilyn miglin and her cosmetics line no. Hmm. Including her husband. Okay. And so he makes it to Florida. And the beginning sequences, he shoots Versace dead. Right on the front steps of his right house. Right on the front which, steps of his house. Which when we go down to Miami, we walk by. It's still... Is it a, a memorial? It's line? a hotel. Well, no, it's a hotel now. It's a small private hotel. It's very. It's a lovely well, that's hotel. Weird. But um, but the steps are there. People come and they're taking photographs still. Wow. Yeah. Well, the Andrew Kanan case was famous. He was already wanted by the FBI, top of the list, before he even got to Miami. So he just eluded people all the way. The thing is, oh, and Ricky Martin plays uh, Versace's lover. The thing is about this, it is so realistic and so chilling, I literally had to stop watching it after three episodes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. That's but, unusual for you to say I that. I know. I know. It's so well done, though. Hmm. And... Uh, before we go quickly, what's on at Tiff Bell Lightbox? Tiff Bell Lightbox is having its Canadian Film Festival, which is like Tiff, only it's now, and it's all the Canadian films um, of note since we started making films. There's short programs, there are uh, Q A's with Evan Rachel Wood, who's in, and a bunch of great stuff. I can't tell you. Go to tiff.net. Well, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. And we will see you next week. We will indeed. And we'll be right back. When it comes to getting the perfect gift, it's the thought that counts. Have everyone in York Region thinking about your special someone's birthday with a 1059 Birthday Club. Hey, happy birthday! Submit their name and date of birth on our website or email birthdayclub at 1059theregion.com. We'll announce their birthday live on air, weekday mornings at 745 and afternoons at 515. And what's a birthday without a gift? Your special someone could also win a spectacular gift in our monthly draw. It's the Birthday Club. Ooh, sure are a lot of candles on that cake. On 1059, the region. Well, everybody does love the sunshine, and joining us now is lifestyle expert Lena Almeida, who's been spending a lot of time in the sunshine, specifically at Disney Olani, which sounds wonderful. 
tell us all about it. I've kept my tan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's just paradise on earth is the way I can describe it. And when I've been telling people that I came back from Alani, which is a Disney resort and spa in Hawaii, I think it conjures images of, of theme parks. People are like, I didn't know there was a theme park in Hawaii. I thought it was like an Alani, like, like, yeah. like yeah. the movie, like theme. Right. Yeah. So if you're thinking crowds and, and, you know, Disney, the way you normally think mm-hmm. of it as Walt Disney World Resort, it's right. not. It's actually the exact opposite. <laughs> it is the most relaxing, amazing, tropical, family-friendly getaway you could ever imagine. And when I say relaxing, it's the spirit of aloha. Mm-hmm. Everything is just really chill, really at a slower pace. And it's perfect because because it's a Disney resort and spot, has Disney touches. I say it's very, very understated. So your kids will see Disney characters, you know, at breakfast or they'll come by the pool. Yes, you can still get, still get the Mickey-shaped waffles. But you know what? It's, it's a Hawaiian retreat first. And that's what I love about it because the parents are really going away to experience paradise. But at the same time, you know the kids will be taken care of. So I think first and foremost, I wanted to let everyone know that, you know, it is a Disney resort and spa, but it's so much more. It is just the tropical paradise vacation you've been waiting for. Well, where exactly is it? Okay, so it's located in Koalina, which is about 30 minutes from the Honolulu airport. So very convenient for Canadians to get to. If you're Mm -hmm. flying out of Toronto, you're going to go Toronto to Vancouver to Honolulu or Toronto LAX, Vancouver. And, you know, total flight time is about 12 hours. But if you break it up, we actually did an overnight in Vancouver, which made it really, mm-hmm. it, it really helped for the boys because, mm-hmm. well, for me too, I got to sleep horizontally, which yeah. is always my preference. And then the next day we were in Hawaii by noon. So we still had the rest of the day and I think it helped with the time mm. change as well. So three things that you're just going to love about Alani, a Disney resort and spa. The first is, activities galore. So, I mean, even though you can have a relaxing vacation, Mm -hmm. there's a very, very long lazy river, beautiful pools. But you know what? They actually have a rainbow reef lagoon located on site where you can snorkel. So you can be amongst colorful fish and you can even go out and rent a paddle board or rent... um, you know, a kayak and the waters are so calm and tranquil. They're just beautiful. And you can also drop off the kids at Auntie's Beach House, which is, of course, the kids club and it is complimentary with your resort stay. So if the parents want to take some spa time, which I was going to say, you haven't got to the spa part (laughs) yet. (laughs) They have an amazing Lanawai spa. I did have a massage there Mm -hmm. while the kids were in the kids club. They had an amazing time. I knew they were well taken care of. And my husband and I actually had a lunch together, which was nice. It's nice for the adults to have some alone time. Mm-hmm. And that's my second thing you're going to love. You're going to love the food at Alani. So one thing to keep in mind, it is not an all-inclusive resort. Okay. So when you're budgeting for your vacation, you want mm-hmm. to add food in there. But I do have a trick for that. And that is if you stay at if you stay in a villa, so they have one bedroom and two bedroom villas, it actually comes with a full kitchen. So right across the street is a grocery store. (laughs) So you can stock up and then choose to take advantage of the amazing restaurants on site. But if you want to save a bit, not blow your complete budget, you know, just I call it eating out, you can also bring groceries back into the resort oh, I, yeah I always like to have breakfast uh, mm-hmm. there I don't want to get dressed and have to go through the whole thing I want to have coffee I want to have something before I 100 sort of, percent yeah and that's show exactly my face. and so what and you kids do. do too because they just want to kind of wake up and so that's great yeah but if you do want to have a character breakfast I do recommend the buffet yes um, Makahiki is their breakfast buffet my husband and I still rave about it and you'll even see some characters drop by to say hello for the kids so that's an option as well and then Ama Ama is their upscale dining restaurant where if you book dinner reservations you will see the most gorgeous sunset because it is a beachfront restaurant do they do a luau they do do a luau and it is actually number three of top things you want to do if you actually only do one thing Adelani I recommend the luau it is the Ka Wa Luau 
And basically, it's about a two-hour experience. It is a separate ticketed event, so you do need to make reservations, and it is weather permitting, but here's the scoop. You're going to go in, you're going to be welcomed by Mickey himself, and they start off with activities for the kids. So um, there's orchid bracelet making, and my son's, you know, got some temporary tattoos, which made them feel like Hawaiian warriors. (laughs) And then they start the buffet, and the buffet, you know, features regional Hawaiian delicacies. The star of the show is a whole roasted suckling pig, which is phenomenal. And they even, you know, they have poke. If you've had poke Mm -hmm. in Hawaii, you have Mm -hmm. lived life. And then they go into storytelling, dancing, and everything is, of course, you know, it takes on the best of the Hawaiian culture. So what's the website to find out more? Absolutely. The website is DisneyAlani.com. And actually right now there's both winter and spring room specials. So it's a great time to check out the resort and as well see if you can save on rooms. That sounds great. Well, uh, always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us. Aloha. I have to go book something (laughs) right now. This is what she said on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Do you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? to a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy-to-use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30-day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. The family got you frantic? Uh, feeding two teenage boys. I mean, at the end of the week, that's all I really want to do is save some money on my groceries. Is your fridge ever actually full? Oh, my, no. <laughs> I think I'm the only person that comes to a radio interview with a cooler. Not only was it so much fun, but it was super easy. And even my kids, when we cut into it last night, they even looked at it and they were like, Mom, you made this? I think you can do this in your sleep. Wholesome, on-budget fixes from foodie Charmaine Broughton on What She Said Talk. 1059 The Region, keeping the 905 in the know. Welcome back. A new website is trying to close the gap between recent graduates and the food and beverage industry. Joining us now is Nicole Gallus, the driving force behind foodgrads.com. Welcome to what she said. Thank you very much for having me. Now, you're an HR professional, and you saw the need to create a focus platform after speaking with various food industry professionals. Tell us what you kept hearing that inspired this. So, um, I would be talking to students and grads, and um, they would say, I can't get a job, number one. And then on the flip side, on the employer side, I would hear time and time again that, um, you know, there aren't enough students, there aren't enough grads um, coming into the industry. So I definitely thought there's a there's a huge gap here that needs to be filled, um, you know, whether it's a communication thing or whether the students are coming out of school with the right uh, qualifications and skills, there's a, there's a big gap. So... Um, I started free grads a year and a half ago to try and uh, fill that gap and hope that my 10 years previously in um, in recruitment and all the connections I've made and, and great people in the industry would sort of collaborate and help me uh, support students and grads. So, uh, Nicole, tell me, where is the lack of qualified people from the from the hiring end? What are so, they saying that they can't find? I think the biggest thing, the biggest um, missing ingredient, no pun, <laughs> mm. is um, is the experience part. So students and grads are coming out, grads are coming out with a degree, for example, in food science. And for a lot of small and medium companies, um, knowing that 96% of food companies in the Toronto area are under 100 people, uh, under 100 employees, um, they need people that can hit the floor running. Um, you know, you, if you come out with just your degree and no hands-on industry experience, it's very challenging for a small organization, you know, for, for a startup or a small business who um, the plant manager is the general manager, is the HR manager, you know, they're wearing many, many hats and they can't necessarily handhold and train. So they need new grads that can come into the, to the company that can sort of hit the floor running, so to speak. And I'm not sure that gap is being filled. I, I think the onus is on 
the food industry itself to provide more co-op opportunities and internships and whether mm-hmm. it's volunteer, you know, to provide more opportunities to, to get this important uh, you know, hands-on, relevant industry experience. Well, for those of us who aren't in the business, you're talking about food science. Yeah. What does that mean? Is that a uh, a chef? Yeah. Is that somebody who's running the logistics? <laughs> is what? What? So who ex- is that? Person? Exactly. You're, the the point um, again. Another reason for starting food grads is people don't know. Um, when kids think about in, a career in the food industry, they think of chef. And I think the Celebrity Chefs Food Network have done mm-hmm. a fantastic job of making that look like an amazing career, which it is. Um, but there's so many more opportunities, to career paths in the food and beverage industry. Um, food scientists, engineers. What does food scientists do? So they're the folks that uh, formulate. I mean, I'm not a food scientist, so no. <laughs> I'm going to um, try but my best. Generally here, but speaking. Yeah, right? they, uh, they're the folks in a lab um, or on uh, they. Oh. They basically, um, so what a chef makes, they will take that recipe and create um, a product so that it can be made into mass scales. Yeah, so that it's... um, What about an engineer? So a food engineer, um, there's a ton of different opportunities, Um, chemical engineers, industrial engineers, you know... um, there's so many different facets within the food and beverage industry where somebody with an engineering background, uh, a science background, marketers, HR people, the, the industry needs all these different um, people with, with those interests. But people don't generally think of food. It's not sexy. You know, they think well, of... But, but it's the, sexy to eat because yes. we have all these foodies. <laughs> I mean, when I was younger, we weren't exactly foodies. But now there's a whole culture of foodies, people who want to go out and eat and Absolutely. try something new, people who want things delivered, people who want you know, farm to table. I mean, food is huge. Yeah. Is it not? I think the millennial generation and, and the, the, the folks coming up behind that, they've done an amazing job of putting a spotlight on the industry itself, like transparency, mm-hmm. labeling, you know, they want to know um, where their food's coming from, um, mm-hmm. what's in it, um, which is fantastic. My goal and my intention is to take those wonderful foodies, that those creative minds and um, energy and, and, and brilliance and bring it into the industry. I think the people that grow, make and sell the food that we eat, they're the game changers. They're the ones yeah. that are going to make the difference. We can't just sort of sit back and say, well, change, you know, big food, change what you're doing. It's the folks that are working in those companies that really have the power to, to change it. So I'm trying to attract more young, yeah. <laughs> young, bright, wonderful people to do that. So a year and a half in, uh, what does foodgrads.com exactly do and what has the response been from people from users. From users. So um, students and grads sign up for free. Yeah. Um, the long-term intention is it for almost to become a bit of a, a LinkedIn for food and beverage ah. specifically, mm-hmm. um, you know, to offer a mentorship, training, um, skill development, um, an opportunity to gather. And, and what's been amazing with the blog is just to give a voice to the young people in the industry, um, or certainly that are still um, trying to break into the industry. So, um, you know, students and grads right now, why do you like your course? Why, do you, why are you getting into the food and beverage industry? And they're the most passionate people. And I think their voice, their story will attract other young people. I mean, people listen to their peers. So, um, Ultimately, they're going to be the people that are going to attract more into the industry. And um, on the flip side, I mean, Guelph University just did a, a study, and um, for every agri- for every um, four jobs in agri food, there's only one grad um, coming out with the right qualifications. So there's definitely an opportunity to join an industry where you can stay for life. I mean. Food is pretty recession-proof. It, it doesn't go away. Everyone eats, yes, right? Yes, I know. Is that one of the reasons or what are the other reasons you would recommend this industry to somebody? I just think, it, like, to your point, it's it's a wonderful industry. I mean, when I first started, when I moved to, to Canada from the UK, um, I've been in recruitment for a long time and I had the a choice to working at any industry in recruitment and I chose food because of the people. Um, maybe again, because I'm from the UK, but I found them really down to earth. There was no airs and graces, you know. It was, they're nurturers. They want to feed people ultimately. So they were just the nicest people to work with um, from my perspective as a recruiter. So, you know, I think it's an industry where you, you know, young people could look at it and say, I can make a difference in the world, whether it's packaging and, and changing um 
packaging to to serve the environment you know less packaging in our oceans um, whether it's activism you know you you um, care about animals and that's your entry point there are so many different entry points into into the food industry something that you care passionately about that you mm-hmm. can bring to the industry and as a career path so graduates of all fields can use the resources to get training and make the connections to enter the industry. Tell us uh, what steps they need to take when they first go on the site. So it's really user-friendly. Um, you basically set up a, a profile like mm-hmm. you would with LinkedIn or Facebook or any mm-hmm. of the other um, social platforms. Um, add your resume build your resume within the system. Um, We've tried to make it a little bit more user-friendly for students and grads because while Mm -hmm. LinkedIn is amazing and I use it every day, um, it wasn't designed for students and grads. And so I think um, we've definitely tried to develop a site that um, appeals more to, to them, you know, enables them to showcase their skills and experience I mean, it's very hard to go on LinkedIn and it says, you know, what are your skills? Well, you're a new grad, you know, it's hard, right? (laughs) It's really difficult. And so, um, again, through the platform, through foodgrads.com, I want to encourage students and grads to work with me as well. I mean, we're we're non-funded. It's a startup. So any help is amazing. And so um, I'm looking at students and grads saying, what do you want to do when they come to me? And, and, um, you know, whatever their passion is, I've got a few right now. A couple started a YouTube channel for me. Um, Another guy actually out of... uh, the States um, came to me almost a year ago and said, I want to start a podcast. So he started the My Food Job Rocks podcast, which um, he's up to almost 100 episodes and he's done a fantastic job. He just celebrates the people and professions and food and talks to people all different, you know, whether they're a food scientist or a food safety person. And, you know, you get to hear from the horse's mouth how they started, what what they did um, from an education standpoint and, and how they've progressed in their career. In one sentence, what are you, uh, what's next for the site? Next for the site is um, definitely creating um, more um, resources um, for the students and grads. I mean, ultimately, that is what it's, what it's for. Um, on the flip side, we need to get employers involved because without the industry supporting food grads, you know, it's, it's going to be very challenging to keep going. As I mentioned, we're non-funded. So we need the support of the food industry as a whole. Um, and they need to sort of look at it as an insurance policy. You know, um, we're busy trying to yep. add to the pipeline to bring more people so that they can fill the roles they'll have. So, so for all you businesses out there and all you food grads, foodgrads.com. And you can connect with Nicole Gallus, uh, who... We thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me. (laughs) This is what she said. We'll be right back. Do you remember when you first fell in love with reading? Well, you weren't really reading, were you? No, your passion for books began quite another way. It was listening, wasn't it? To a story. Yes, your love of reading really got started when you were being read to. Kobo introduces audiobooks for the free Kobo app with a beautifully designed, easy to use player, one home for all your audiobooks and ebooks. Book lovers can listen to their heart's content for as little as $12.99 per month with subscription, and with a 30 day free trial, you get your first audiobook free. Sign up now at Kobo.com. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com TC or call 416-340-7270. Ever notice some people work out endlessly and still look the same? That's because working harder is not as effective as working smarter. You can actually burn more total calories in the same amount of time with HIT, High Intensity Interval Training. HIT boosts metabolism, testosterone, and growth hormone levels in the bloodstream, which aids in reaction time, tissue repair, and overall functioning. Come see us at 31 Jevlin Drive in Vaughan. Turf Athletic Club can help you become the best version of yourself because your success is our success. 1059 The Region, growing with you and your family.
listening to is Heavenly by Toronto and Montreal-based singer-songwriter Avery Florence, who joins us now in studio. Welcome to What She Said. Thanks for having me. Avery, tell us how you got started as a singer-songwriter. So I actually got started kind of like as a late bloomer compared to other musicians. Uh, In university, I was taking business, and I just was bored and unfulfilled, and I started playing guitar, and um, I just started songwriting and going through my old journals, Mm -hmm. and from there, just... This has kind of been the natural path. Wow. And well, your EP, uh, it came out yesterday, January, I know. right? Nice timing. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it was recorded live off the floor. Why did you want to record it that way? Um, I wanted just, I wanted to have a really live feel mm-hmm. and also capture the, on, like, the real feeling of the songs themselves. And I think we really captured that. Like being able to really talk about the songs with all the musicians, because live off the floor, Everyone's sort of in their own place, but you're making music all together. Um, and it really captured the authenticity of like my true feeling of the songs, which is the most important part yeah. of music. How would you describe the EP and the songs on it? Was mm. there sort of a central theme, or was it just... Well, I named it January because, for me, because I started late, this is sort of my jump into the deep end of like, okay, I'm going for being an artist. And I find January is very much a time where you're reflecting, but you're also moving forward. Um, so that's what it is to me. That must have taken quite some courage because you were in a business program where you're, one tends to think, okay, I'm going to do X number of years and I'm going to get out and I'm going to get a job A, B, C, D, E. Huh. And then you say, no, I don't want to do that. I'm just going to jump in the deep end, as you say. Right. Uh, I've always just been kind of been- yeah, I actually feel more scared now than I did before because it sort of was like a natural flowing path and now I'm like, oh, like where am I now? Like, wow, I guess I'm I'm going to just go for this. Now you're going on tour through Ontario and yeah. Quebec with a stop at the Rivoli in Toronto on yeah. January 17th. Where can people go to learn more about you and your tour dates? Instagram, Facebook, all of the all of the socials in there. And what's your what's your handle? At Avery Florence Music. Avery like bravery, Florence like Italy. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> I've gotten that question before. <laughs> <laughs> for joining us. Um, that is what she said. We will be back tomorrow at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. Be sure to follow us on social media at What She Said Talk. And singing us out now, here is Avery Florence performing Fly. Thank you guys so much. When I was young, I felt so insecure. When I was young, I was afraid of dying. Just want to feel the wind underneath my fingertips. Let today pass me by I I wanna
What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.